Alright, we'll go ahead and go to Exodus tonight, chapter 20. And also go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 19. One quick verse in Exodus, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 19. But we're going to go ahead and continue going through. We're going through the Ten Commandments, and we are at number 6 right now. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, very simply, Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Okay, right there. And in Matthew chapter 19, in verse 16, it says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You're right there. He's going through the Ten Commandments. And then the thou shalt not kill. He says, Thou shalt do no murder. And I show you that to show that when it says thou shalt not kill, that doesn't mean we can't have things like the death penalty. It means we can't have things like war when it's necessary. You're not allowed to defend yourself. Okay, A lot of times we'll see it where uh, maybe somebody's going to be executed and there'll be a bunch of hippies or something out there protesting and they'll all start yelling, thou shalt not kill. But when the Bible says thou shalt not kill, it's talking about not murdering. You should not shed innocent blood. You should never shed innocent blood. Human life is important. And pay close attention to this. All right, this sounds pretty simple. You might think, thou shalt not kill. I'm not a murderer. But listen, pay attention. I think, and I don't do this on purpose. I study the Bible. I take it wherever it leads me. All right, but I think we're gonna, that you're going to see this message is going to go somewhere that most thou shalt not kill messages do not go. So not, not the intention. It just kind of happened. But right here we see the sixth commandment is referring to murder. And we know that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, it's naming off things that the Lord hates. And one of those things is hands that shed innocent blood. God hates that. God hates seeing an innocent person killed. It is a, it is a thing that just disgusts Him. It's an abominable thing. God hates it, and we ought to. I mean, we ought, we should not be for it. We ought to be very concerned about that. If we find out somebody in our area has been murdered, that ought to bother us. We should want something to be done. When you find out somebody killed someone, you ought to have a huge problem with that. Yeah, you ought to. You ought to want that person to pay for that and shedding because shedding innocent blood, it will bring a curse on the land that we dwell in. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, the story of the very first murder that ever took place, says the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground, and now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Y'all see that? Listen, God noticed something was wrong. God knew something was wrong when innocent blood had been shed. Abel did not deserve to die. He did not deserve to be killed. And Cain went and slew him in a rage, out of anger, an innocent man. And the, even the ground, the earth itself, it took notice. And God said the ground is going to be cursed for your sake. And when innocent blood is being shed, look, God's not going to bless a country that's shedding innocent blood. I could talk a lot about abortion tonight. I can't think of a more disgusting example of the shedding of innocent blood than abortion. I don't care that it's legal. I still believe it's murder in the eyes of God. It's le yeah, it's legal in this country, but it's disgusting. How do you get any more innocent than a baby in the womb? 
I mean, I was talking about that with Brother Pete, you know, looking at that little baby, that tiny little baby that they have. It's innocent. And you understand those little babies are completely reliant on their parents. They cannot survive on their own. They have to be taken care of. Somebody has to nurture them. They have to feed them. They have to take care of them. They have to do everything for them. And you know what? We should do those things for them. Parents should do those things. That is a life that has been brought into the world. I will never forget how I felt when we were carrying Tommy out of that hospital. And I remember just setting him down in that car seat for just a second and thinking, you know, this little child is completely dependent on me. If I got up and I walked away from here, you know, he's in trouble. Somebody has to take care of him. And it was an overwhelming feeling of responsibility. And it was that, that, that was a life that had been brought into the world. It was a miracle. And that life is precious. And I'm afraid we don't see life that way in our country anymore. You know, we're so used to killing. We're so used to hearing about the murders. You know, we watch it on television all the time. We play the video games that are full of killing and everything. And it doesn't even bother people anymore. But listen, it, it will bring a curse on this land. I believe America's in trouble because of the innocent blood that we've shed. I believe communities should do everything in their power to solve murders. Deuteronomy chapter 21, if you'll go ahead, go ahead and turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 21, I want to show you something in this passage. But listen, listen, it is, it's a serious thing. When blood has been shed, we should not take it lightly. We should not just turn a blind eye to it. We should not ignore it. It says in verse 1 of chapter 21, If one be found slain in the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it, lying in the field... And it be not known who has slain him, then thy elders and thy judges shall come forth, and they shall measure unto the cities which are round about him that is slain. And it shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, even the elders of that city shall take an heifer which hath not been wrought with, and which hath not drawn in the yoke. They're measuring which city it's closest to. You know what they're doing? They're figuring out the jurisdiction. They do that in our country today. You know, depending on where a murder takes place. You know, that determines who is going to be in charge of figuring out who did it. And there are people who investigate that and they try to figure it out. And then we're not going to read all of it, but it goes. And if they can't figure out who did it, if they have no idea who had committed that murder, there was a sacrifice that they were supposed to do. You know, saying, you know, there's been innocent bloodshed and we don't know who did it. Because the thing is, they weren't just supposed to be like, well, we don't know who did it. Don't worry about it. No, there was a sacrifice that needed to be made. And we don't do these ceremonial things today, but I do believe it's appropriate if there is someone found in our area that has been killed, whether it be some bum that's out there or whether it be the richest person in town, somebody ought to do something about it. It ought to be investigated. I'm glad we have people that look into these things. They need to find out who did it. And if they find out who did it, they need to take that person... And not throw them in prison. The Bible makes it very clear what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to execute that person. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 9. In Genesis chapter 9, we see that it was God that instituted the death penalty. And the death penalty is not an Old Testament thing. It's in the New Testament too. I'll show you that here in just a minute. But in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 5, it says... And surely your blood of your lives I will require at the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. You all see that? Listen, human life is so important. It's so sacred that for someone to go and take someone else's life 
The Bible says that person needs to pay with their life. That's how serious it is. And these thou shalt not kill people that you know go around protesting that when somebody's being executed, they don't understand that the same one who said thou shalt not kill, referring to murder, is the one who said, if somebody sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. That person ought to be put down because they have taken the life of another human. And we can't take a chance of that person going and doing it to someone else. And we don't have time to go through everything in the Bible. There were certain laws about manslaughter, okay? And there, you know, there was sometimes it was an accident. And if it was an accident, he didn't hate his brother in time past. That person wasn't supposed to be put to death, but he would have to take care of that person's family. He was responsible for his actions, but they wouldn't put him to death. It clearly wasn't murder. Sometimes accidents happen. And the Bible covers all these things. We don't have time to look into all of it. But if you, but once again, executions, they're biblical. Turn over to Romans chapter 13, because people are like, ah, it's Old Testament. You know, that was the law. Well, first off, executions was before the law, and it's after the law. In Romans chapter 13, even a dispensationalist will agree this is New Testament, that this is for us today. And it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And that's not talking about spiritual damnation. That's talking about physical damnation. A person who's saved, they cannot suffer spiritual damnation in hell. But if you as a saved person, you go and murder somebody... You should be executed just like a lost person. And if our government was to take you and they were to hang you or lethal injections, what they do most of the time. Now, I read an article yesterday about a guy who was lethal injection. They were talking about it being too cruel. It didn't work right or something. It's like, you know, we are just softies in this country and it's ridiculous. But listen, the Bible says you receive damnation. Talking about physical damnation. You should be put to death. And it says for the rulers are not a terror to good works. I used to struggle with that verse. Because like the rulers are a terror to good works. President Obama, you know what I mean? You know, all these, you know, thinking about these people, they are a terror to good works. But listen, biblical government is not, you know, these people out there trying to provide health care for everybody and make everything fair and saying we can have gay marriage and things like that. Biblical government are is a group of people who are appointed for the punishment of evildoers. Okay, that's what biblical government is. That is what the ordinance of God is. Not the, what they're doing out in Washington and in Springfield. That is not biblical government. Okay, that is just a mess, is what that is. And when it comes to the punishment of evildoers, God has ordained man to do that. That is an ordinance of God, and we should have somebody in our community and in our in our states that that is their job. If somebody kills somebody. They hunt that person down and they put them down. That, that's how it's done. There's a, way to, there's a way to do it. And they're not, those people aren't a terror to good works. So it's for he, verse 4 says, For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. What do you think he's going to do with that sword? You know, just poke you with it? No, he's going to kill you with it. Because that's what he's supposed to do. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, pay ye tribute. That's why we're supposed to be paying taxes. Not so they can do all the goofiness they're doing. 
Not so they can, you know, fund all these ridiculous programs they have. It's so they can pay the guy whose job is to go punishing evildoers. And it says, uh, you know, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Okay? So right there, that's New Testament showing very clear that execution is still appropriate. It's important because it is a big deal when somebody takes a life, folks. All right? It is serious stuff. And we do, we act like it's no big deal. But you know what? Wait till it's one of your close family members that gets murdered. That somebody comes along and just takes their life, maybe because they want something from them. They, maybe they want their purse or their wallet or for whatever reason they do that. They just, they kill them. Folks, that's serious business right there. And that's kind of stuff ought to get us mad. Listen, you ought, you ought to have a problem with murderers. You should not like murderers. You should want those murderers to be caught. You should want them to be taken and put down because we don't want them killing other people, folks. Life is important to us. We don't want more innocent blood being shed. And that, that is a completely appropriate to be glad when they get busted, when they get taken off the streets, whether they bust a terrorist. You know, I'm sure I'm glad somebody found John, guys like John Wayne Gacy. You know, and Je the Jeffrey Dahmers and all these homosexuals like that that are going out doing these horrible, perverted things. And these guys, uh, I think, yeah, they executed Gacy. And then I think Jeffrey Dahmer, I think the prisoners executed him. You know, that's not right. No, that's not right. He should have been executed by the government before that. But, you know, just, uh, you know, thankfully those guys got busted. You say, oh, that's terrible. But the, here's the thing. We know with those guys, they would have kept doing it. If those guys hadn't been caught... They would have done it again. They would have killed more people. And we can't be okay with that. We can't accept that. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to king and supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. Right there, once again, that's what government's for. And for the praise of them that do well. Government punishes evildoers. And listen, executions ought to be taken serious. In Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 18, uh, well, I have to take time to turn over there, but if you read that, well, let's go ahead and turn over there. I want to show you something here because it actually, there's a verse in the New Testament that quotes it. But in Deuteronomy 21 verse 18, it says, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out to the elders of his city and under the gates of the, his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of that city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. All right, right there. Now, whenever you hear these people out there, well, if you still think execution is biblical, you're for, you know, them stoning a little child when they disobey their parents. That's not what the Bible's teaching right there. Okay, this is a somebody who has a stubborn rebellious son. He's a glutton and a drunkard. This is a grown up. Okay, I've explained this to you before. This is, you know, your little basement dwelling millennial that won't get out of his parents' house, won't get a job, just mooching off mom and dad, pathetic, lazy, good for nothing. Listen, that's evil. That kind of thing rubs off. That, that kind of thing's contagious. And it put, the Bible said you've got to put evil out of the land. And so they would, they would take that guy and they would take him out and they would stone him. And they'd put evil away from the land. When we allow evil 
into our land, it's going to create more problems. It's going to create more death. And it's our job as people to, you know, we should be able to, as a people, govern ourselves and do things to keep our land from being defiled and corrupted. And sometimes that means putting people down. You say, well, that's terrible. But listen, that saves lives when we do that. And then verse 22, and if a man have committed a sin worthy of death and he be to be put to death and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree. But thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for that he is hanged is accursed of God, that the land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. And that's interesting. Galatians 3.13 talks about that. You know, cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. And you remember Jesus, when he was on the cross, they tried to get him down before sunset. And whenever they would put somebody to death, it, it was a serious thing. You shouldn't put somebody to death and just leave their body laying out somewhere. Whenever they execute these murders and things, they shouldn't just take them and, you know, throw their body body out to the bugs and the wolves or whatever. You know, they ought to take that person out to bury them because of the fact that they just took a life. It was a life that was required to be taken, but we should take it serious. All right. Now, I understand people always make the argument, oh, it's stupid to do executions because executions cost more, you know, than prison. You know, I've heard them say that before, but you know, that's just stupid if that's true because bullets are cheap, folks. All right, you know, a rope's cheap and you can reuse it. But anyway, you know that 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 doesn't make any sense. But listen, I think execution should be done right. I don't think we ought to just have lynching and go. You know, there ought to be a, a trial. There ought to be due process, and they ought to be put down. It shouldn't be. You know. It ought to be a serious thing. I don't think we all need to stand around rejoicing over it like they used to and cheering it on, but it should be a solemn thing. It should be a somber thing, something that we take notice of, something that maybe you could even take your kids to and say, listen, kids, this is what's going to happen if you go that route. This is what happens when you kill somebody. This is what happens when you're a glutton and a drunkard and a good for nothing. This is what's going to happen to you. And it will put evil away from the land and it will save lives when you execute somebody. And especially when you do it publicly, it will save lives. And that's why it's important. That's why God wants us to do this. Folks, life is important. And execution, while it is taking a life, it actually preserves life, doesn't it? I mean, it's really, it's just common sense. And it's biblical, and there's a lot more scriptures we could look at on that subject. But taking, you know, but t- when it comes to taking life, you know, taking someone's life in war is not murder if the war is just. All right, look at Exodus chapter 22 and verse two and three. I, I like this verse right here, but it says, "If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him." If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him, for he should make full restitution if he have nothing. Then he shall be sold for his theft. So right here, it's clear, it's biblical. If somebody breaks into my house tonight, I have every right, and I think it's even legal in this country, that I can shoot that guy in the face, splatter his brains all over the wall, shoot him until he's done twitching, and I'm good. All right? That's what I'm going to do if somebody breaks in my house. I don't know why they're breaking in. Maybe they just want my TV set. Or maybe they want to do something terrible to my family. I don't know. And we are allowed to defend ourselves, are we not? And somebody breaks in your house and you shoot them, folks. I'm sorry, you're not a murderer, okay? 
You did not violate the sixth commandment. You were trying to preserve the life of your family. You were trying to pre- you're trying to protect them. That's fine. I want all I want all thieves to know that you break in my house. I hope you think what you're trying to get is worth dying for, because I will I will I will shoot them. I'll have no problem with it. But it says in that next verse, you know, if the sun be risen upon them, okay, if somebody robs you and they get away, you don't get to go hunt them down and shoot them then. Because if they steal from you, okay, all right, they stole, they're not trying to kill you. Now it's not a matter of self-defense. And here's the thing. One of the reasons you don't want to kill them is because if you catch them and they don't have your stuff, how are you supposed to get paid back? And this is another example of our government and just how dumb they are. When If somebody breaks into your house or let somebody just let somebody steals your car and they take it out and they wreck it, you know what they're going to do to that guy? They're going to throw him in jail. And now you're stuck trying to replace your car. When that guy should be working for you till he pays that car off. He should be paying you fourfold. Listen, if our, if our country had any brains at all, people would want somebody to steal from them because they get caught and they could get paid fourfold. But our, our country doesn't do that. We, they steal from us and then they throw them in jail and then we, our tax dollars pay to feed that guy while he's in jail and pays a bunch of men to babysit him. You know, our country is so messed up, folks. It's not even funny. But that's what it's talking about there in the next verse. You know, if the sun go down, if the guy gets away, we don't get to hunt him down and kill him. All right. No, that guy broke in my house. That means I have the right to shoot him. No, he got away. You're not in danger. You're not. This isn't self-defense. You don't get to go chase him down. What you what you need to do or not to kill him. You need to catch him so he can be forced to pay you back. But you're not you're not going to kill him in that case. But war, for example, you know, I think, once again, self-defense. I think we are allowed to defend ourselves. If there are people that come over in our country and they are trying to kill us, I think we can try to kill them back. I think we are allowed to defend ourselves. You know, but you know, this type of war, though, is pretty rare, especially with our country, because you know, God, ha- God hasn't given us the land to conquer. Okay, a lot of times they'll go back and look at the stories in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, God gave that land to Israel and they were supposed to go in and they were supposed to possess that land. And the people that were in that land, the Bible tells us about them, they were a wicked people that committed abominations. I mean, the land itself was spewing out the inhabitants of that land because of all the wickedness that they did. And the truth is, if they, it, the very fact that they did not obey God in driving them out, it cost the lives of thousands and thousands over the years because of the fact that they kept having wars later on with these people. They would intermingle with these people. You know, they, the, the diseases that they spread would spread to people in Israel. There was always terrible things that cost the lives of many because they never drove all of them out of the land. And so even in those stories in the Old Testament where God was telling them to take those lives, it was to save life. And today, all right, are we supposed to go around conquering lands? Okay, especially as Christians, all right? Are we supposed to go conquering land? No, listen, we're strangers and pilgrims on this earth, aren't we? Listen, this world, it doesn't belong to us. All right, you know, our, our home is in heaven and we are, we're just, we're here, we're passing through. We're like Abraham, we're a stranger and a pilgrim and we're not going to go possessing lands 
and killing people for it. All right, the Catholic Church tried that; they've done quite a bit of that. You know, the Muslims do quite a bit of that, and you got Americans that want to go and they want to kill a whole bunch of Muslims so we can give you know Israel back to the Israelis, and that's wrong too. We have no business getting involved in that kind of stuff. If we are going to be killing people through war, it should be to save life. It should be out of self-defense, and. If that's not what it's for, then we just need to stay out of it. Most of the wars today, if not all of them, are the result of lust, greed, and power-hungry people. Look what it says in James chapter 4. Go ahead and turn over there, James chapter 4, and look what it says. And I, I know here in this passage here in James, it's not talking necessarily about you know physical warfare where we're killing each other. This is talking about problems even amongst believers, but it's the exact same with nations. But it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. So right there we see that wars come from just lusting after things. Well, we want the oil. We want the land. We want something that they've got. And so we'll go and be attacking people and going places we shouldn't be going and killing a lot of people. And sadly, I can't believe how war hungry a lot of Christians are today. We were talking about today, you know, most of your Baptists today are basically just Republicans. And Republicans are all about conquering lands. And it's, it's okay to kill as long as the people are Muslim. That's how they act. It's for Israel. That's why we do it. It's, it's for Israel. We've got we to gotta protect Israel. And we'll go and we'll kill innocent people. And God hates that. He hates the shedding of innocent blood. We should have no part in it. We should not support that. We should not cheer that on. We should be ashamed of that. We should speak against that. And we should, you know, we should beg our leaders to just keep us out of this foolishness that goes on in these other countries. We're not helping, folks. I mean, just look at the trillions of dollars we've spent in the Middle East. And are things getting better over there? No, they are getting worse. And we, it, we have not helped one bit. And I'm telling you, there is no way God is happy with this country and with all the innocent blood we've shed through abortion, through wars, it is absolutely wicked. God, God hates that shedding of innocent blood. But negligence, what we see in the Bible, negligence that costs the human life is something that's supposed to be dealt with. Look at Exodus chapter 21, verses 18 through 19. Exodus 21, verse 18 through 19. This, listen, sometimes, sometimes there's accidents, but sometimes we were being careless and terrible things happened. We didn't mean for it to happen, but it happened. In Exodus 21, verse 18, it says, If men strive together and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, if he rise again and walk abroad upon a staff, then shall he that smote him be quit, only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod and he die under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished. For his money, we see there that you know if you if you hurt somebody, if you um, you know if, if, even if it's an accident, maybe you just you got mad. Listen, you need to take care of that person. You need you need to deal with them. We see also in the Bible on um, I, I lost the passage on it, but like if an ox gore a man, we see, and it was known 
to be a dangerous ox. And they were negligent. They didn't take care of him. That, that ox was supposed to be killed and that man was supposed to be put to death too. Somebody died because of negligence. Uh, life was lost and God hates that. We need to see human life as precious. That's how we ought to look at it. And that we do, you know, you got the Catholic Church that pretends like they're all about human life when it's kind of weird when you look at their history. But yet they're always about not executing. They're always about, you know, not, they don't even believe in execution. But listen, execution saves lives. It is. It's a deterrent for other people that would think about doing that. And these people need to be stopped. It's just, it's ridiculous to expect us to just put these people in a cage and watch them for the rest of their lives. And to pay for them and support them and to, you know, take care of their, you know, medical needs. I mean, some of these prisoners get medical care than regular citizens do. That's ridiculous. That is not what God intended. That, but human life is precious. But when we get away from God's laws, human life just doesn't seem to matter anymore. And most people today in this country, they, they just don't seem to care. And there's, there, there's a movement in this country today that they, you know, they act like, they're all about the sanctity of life, but the truth is, they cause more death. You know, no more execution. You know, the Pope, he's talked about that. You know, we need to end executions. Pretending he's all about the sanctity of life, not realizing what he is doing causes more death. We have the, you know, these, you know, all the, the all lives matter stuff that you hear. You know, you had the black lives matter and the blue lives matter, and then the, you know, the all, all lives matter. Well. Not really. Not really. And because here's the thing, murderers' lives don't matter. The Bible says they're supposed to be executed. They're supposed to be put to death because they took the life of someone else. Their life no longer matters. I'm sorry. You know, a pervert. A pervert's life doesn't matter. You know, look at what it says in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13. I know you're familiar with these verses, but let's just go ahead and read them in case... Someone's not. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13. Now I know this starts, you know, this, this offends a lot of people, but it says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Alright? Homosexuality. Alright? Bible says that should be punished by death. Now wait a minute. They're not taking a life when they do that, are they? Well, here's the thing. Uh, turn over to Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22. Leviticus 18 and verse 22. It says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Uh, neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there. To it is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. You all see that, folks? When you commit those type of perverted, disgusting sins, it has physical consequences. There are diseases that are spread. We all know about AIDS and things like that. And that are, that are going around, that are being spread by this perversion. And sometimes innocent people are killed as a result of that. Sometimes children end up getting killed by this. And you have these perverts that do the horrible, disgusting things to little kids. They defile these kids at young ages. You know, most of the, you know, people in the LGBT community are victims of abuse. 
Some pervert went and defiled them. They messed that person up permanently for the rest for the rest of their life. I mean, what you know, the physical relationship between a husband and wife is a wonderful thing. But somebody came along and they perverted that person's mind. They I mean, they distorted their thinking and that person's life is ruined. Many times they end up getting diseases and things that spread to other people. And because we are too soft and we couldn't put a couple queers down, now we've got diseases spreading and innocent people dying. And I'm telling you right now, even things like that, well, you know, it's fine, you know, as long as it's behind closed doors. And, you know, they're, two consenting adults aren't hurting anybody. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. They're spreading disease. They are defiling the land and the land itself vomiteth out the inhabitants. I don't know. I think that I think they had AIDS back in the Bible day. They just didn't call it that. They didn't know what it was. But that type of thing has always produced disease. It's always produced death. And the life of a pervert does not matter. They ruin the lives of other people. They ruin the lives of innocent children. When you read, if you, we're not going to take time to read it, but you go back and you read the stories of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did God say? He said He heard the cries of Sodom. Well, who's crying out? Because the Bible says that all the men of Sodom were gathered to go after those angels. Who was it that's crying out? It's obviously the children. And you know what? He's like, why God destroy the whole city? They, those, their lives were already ruined. Their lives were already done for. They were already perverted. If they would have survived after all they had been through, they would have spread their perversion. They would have spread their diseases. It would have ended up costing more life. Oh, by the time of that, that's so mean. That's so cruel. No, it's mean and it's cruel. Just letting that kind of thing run rampant and letting innocent people die because you're a softie and you just don't want to look bad by the world. You've bought into, you know, the sad thing is, is people think that queers are what they see on television. You know, you think it's those nice, sweet, wonderful people, those funny people on your little sitcoms and thing you want, things you watch, you know, your modern family or will and grace or whatever that, you know, pretty much every show now has the weirdos on it. And people think that that's what it is, but I'm telling you, we can't even discuss in, in the church what type of thing goes on in that relationship. It's sick, it's disgusting, and it destroys lives. And God knew what He was talking about when He said that they were supposed to be put to death, that putting them to death would save lives. But we don't care about the de- that today. We care about perversion. Here's the thing too. These people that act like they're about all lives matter and stuff that are against execution, these are the same people that are all about environmentalism and we got to keep population down because we're destroying the planet. I mean, just, they, they act like they're all about it. But these people, they do. They want the world's population going down. They think there's too many people on this earth. And, they, and, but the, and the thing is, this promoting of homosexuality, it's going to help lower the population. Because innocent people will die as a result of it. And if we, did, if we really cared about lives, we'd follow God's laws and we would deal with things that are taking away so many lives. But the li- but here, and here's where, I'm, where I ultimately want to go with this too, because as I'm studying this, you know, I got to thinking about this. If the taking of a human life is such a big deal, and it is a big deal, folks. I mean, do you all agree with me we ought to have a problem with murderers? Do you all agree that if we find out that somebody has killed someone that, I mean, listen, even if you're too soft, too soft to think that they ought to be put to death, do you think that person ought to at least be locked up? Do you think they ought to be walking amongst decent people? Absolutely not. They're a murderer. 
They are taking the lives of people, and you sure wouldn't want that person to walk around if they took the life of one of your loved ones and the life of one of your family members. And you would be completely appropriate if, it, if, you, if you did, if somebody took the life of someone you loved and they were to be thrown into prison for life or to be put to death, it would be appropriate for you to be glad about that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. that that's justice. That's going to save someone else's life. Every time they catch one of these monsters, it saves the life of someone else. I think we would all agree that this is appropriate. But you know what? There's another group of people out there that I think are worse than murderers. Even more disgusting than than murderers. Even more disgusting than the perverts. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. It says, and fear not them which kill the body. Well, why not? I mean, if our lives are so important, shouldn't we be scared of somebody who could kill our body? Jesus said, fear not them which are able to kill the body, but are able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What do we know about life? You know, what does a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Our soul is more more valuable than our very life. I mean, what does a man gain? Uh, your um, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever loses life for my sake shall find it. You know, it does. Listen, you can have everything this world has to offer, but if you lose your soul, you missed out. Your soul is more important than your life. Much more important than your life. We ought to fear. Those who are able to kill both soul and body. Because that soul is eternal. That soul is important. If you die, all right, let's say you're, you know, somebody murders me tomorrow. Well, I might have died in a car wreck the next day. Maybe they robbed me of a day. But what if somebody causes me, and right now it's too late, I'm saved. But what if somebody causes you to lose your soul? You think about these false prophets that are out there. You think about these false religions that are out there. I was thinking about this yesterday as I'm going out, we're out knocking doors and I'm talking to people and they're telling me I'm trying to give them the gospel. And there's like, no, it's, you got to have faith and the works. You got to have faith plus the works. It's not just it's not just believing you've got to have works. You know, where they're, they're hearing that in their church. Do you realize that person, if they do not change their mind on that and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to go to hell? And they were helped by someone calling themselves a preacher? Folks, I think we ought to have a huge problem with somebody like that. I think we ought, I, I, I really think that ought to upset us. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 13 in verse 6. It says, if thy brother, the son of thy mother, or the son of thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend that is in thy, uh, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shalt thou I pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, uh, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death and afterwards the hand of all the people and thou shalt stone him with stones that he die 
because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you. You all see that right there? Now listen, you going and worship an idol, is that going to cost you your physical life? No, you can go worship at other gods and it won't cost you your physical life. But listen, if it costs you your soul, I think that's a bigger deal. God said, don't pity them. You will stone them with stones. You're going to put evil away from among you. Second John chapter one and verse 10 says, if there come any, any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. We use that all the time talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't even bid him Godspeed. Well, no, shouldn't we be trying to give them the gospel? No. Don't you, God, God didn't say give them the gospel. No, they, they just need the gospel. You know, that's what they say about the queers all the time. Oh, no, we just, we just need to give them the gospel. They just, they just need the gospel. Well, listen, there are some people that are just done for. There are some people that they do, they need to die. And listen, we are not supposed to kill anybody. We are, as Christians, we do not put anybody to death. And even our government, I don't believe our government ought to put people to death for religious things, okay? Because guess what? Our government's going to get the wrong religion every time. You can mark that down. But at the same time, because we're not, when it comes to spiritual things, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, alright? I am never going to go and kill a false prophet, alright? I'm not going to go kill a preacher of another religion. But let me tell you something. If I can take that guy down, if I can expose that fraud, if I could, you know, convert his entire congregation so he's without a jo- without a job, I'm going to do it in a heartbeat. You better believe I'm going to say something about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to beat him up. I'm not going to kill him. But listen, I'm going to try to expose that person. Oh, we should try to give him the gospel. No, we need to reject some people. We just need to, you know, it didn't say give him the gospel. It says don't even bid him Godspeed. Oh, well, man, how are we supposed to reach him if we do that? We're not. There are some people, they just need to be turned over to God and let God deal with them. And they need to die and they need to go to hell. That way, they don't take anybody else there too. Oh, that's mean. That's cruel. Well, listen, if we keep on being nice to these people, we're just going to encourage them. And what are they going to do? They're going to keep on bringing people to hell with them. They're going to keep on putting it into the minds of people that it's faith plus works. And those people are going to die and go to hell. And we're okay with that. We're okay with that false prophet just running around. We're okay with these Jehovah's Witnesses just going around, knocking doors, lying to people, deceiving people, sending people to hell. And we're just going to act like that's no big deal. Oh, well, you know, we just need to love them into the kingdom. Man, I would like to run them out of town. And listen, I can't physically do that. I can't physically hurt them. But if I can expose these people, you better believe I'm going to do it. It says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, But though we are an angel from heaven and preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, give him the gospel. Is that what it says? No, it says, let him be accursed. As we said before, and so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Let him go to hell. Oh, that's, that's so mean. I'll tell you what's mean is deceiving people and getting them thrown into hell. 
Listen, some of these people I talk to, they're nice people. They're good people. They're sincere people, but they have been deceived. Their minds have been poisoned by liars and false prophets. And you know what? I'm not going to go make friends with those people. I'm not going to go to these little preacher get-togethers that they have where we all have coffee together and talk about the things we have in common. No, I'm going to expose these people. I mean, some of these preachers that are creeping into Baptist churches, sadly, the fundamental Baptists, they've allowed the Ruckmanites to creep into their churches. And these guys are teaching work salvation in the Old Testament and work salvation in the tribulation. And you know what? They teach work salvation today, too, because they're, now it's in here that you've got to repent of your sins in order to be saved and go to heaven. You've got to turn from your sins. That's work salvation. These people are bringing their damnable heresies into Baptist churches and they are deceiving people and people are going to go to hell for that. And we ought to have a problem with that. You know, why are you so mean? You know, why do you pick on the Sam Gibson? You know, you shouldn't say these people's names because what they teach is going to send people to hell. And I've got a huge problem with that. I'm going to say their names. I'm going to call them out. I'm going to warn people. I'm not going to act like these preachers that are having these buzzers in their church are okay and act like, oh, you're all good. It's your church. You know, let's just all get along and mind our own business. I'm not going to do that. You don't think I was an idiot if I was watching a house burn down and I'm, I'm not going to warn those people. That's none of my business. No, it's my obligation. It's my duty to do that. And it's my duty to warn people that are being deceived. Some of these people that have just, I mean, literally Christians, they've just fallen asleep. Preachers have fallen asleep. They've gotten so dumb when it comes to the Bible. They don't know anything that they don't know a lie when they're hit right over the face of it. People, I mean, these guys are saying the craziest things. The, I mean, the most blasphemous lies that you can imagine. And nobody even notices you know what? Somebody needs to wake them up. Somebody needs to yell at them. Somebody needs to, somebody needs to scream at them. Somebody needs to shame them. Somebody needs to do that. And you know what? If I can play a part in that, I'm going to do it. Because these people, what they're teaching is going to send somebody to hell. And so there's, you know, there's a difference when it comes to the death penalty over religious things. Because God never called us to conquer a physical land. And we're not going to do that. We're not going to go physically possess a land. We're not going to support Israel getting their land and them killing a bunch of Muslims so they can do that. We're not going to do that. God has not called us to conquer physical land. Our battle today, it's a spiritual battle. Our battle, it's not with flesh and blood. We will we'll never kill the false prophets, but we will do everything we can to expose these people. And we'll let the world see who they really are. Turn over to Jude. Turn over to Jude. You think, Brother Tommy, you're talking mean about these people. This isn't nice. We need to get along. These people are your brothers in Christ. Let me tell you something. Alright? Prince. Prince is my brother in Christ. Alright? And I do. I, I love Prince like a brother. I mean that. But you know, if Prince came to me and says, Brother Tommy, you know what? I think we're actually brothers. Let's say, no, we're not friends. Alright? Alright? Uh, now, why am I going to say that? You judging? Yeah. Man, we don't look a thing alike. All right. He's black. I'm white. And I know what my parents look like. And I can see the similarities that I have with them. And he's got none of them. All right. He's not my half brother. All right. He's, we're not, we're not physically related unless you go way back. All right. <laughs> you have to go pretty far back. And listen, we've got these people out there 
who like Bruce Jenner, who calls himself a woman, and we're all supposed to call him she and call him Caitlin, we've got a bunch of lying preachers out there that are calling themselves Baptists, calling themselves Christians, and we're just supposed to go along with that, even if they're preaching lies, even if they're preaching things like Jesus isn't their Messiah, and Jesus wasn't supposed to be called Jesus. Even if they're preaching this dispensational garbage because they call themselves Baptists, we're not supposed to respect them as one, oh, I'm your brother in Christ. You don't look like it. I'm not seeing any resemblance. You know, Sam Gipp, listen, you all know I was at that stupid conference. And you know what? That he has been on a tirade just tweeting lies that I know firsthand are lies. I know for a fact are lies. And you know what? The fundamental Baptist movement is in such bad shape. I mean, a preacher can just get up and he can throw out false accusations. He can bear false witness. He can lie. And it is you can easily prove he's lying. And nobody bats an eye. Nobody cares. Because they're scared of him because they're afraid he's going he's gonna to tweet at him. But, you know, I, I have a couple tweets up here that he did. You know, he, one of the things he did, it says, he said, while speaking, S.L. Anderson screams, Sam Gitt can go to hell three times. I have never wished that on him. Hate and the internet are all he has. Yeah, well, he shouldn't have said, Sam Gitt, go to hell. Well, listen, Sam Gitt's helping send people to hell. If he, get, if he would hurry up and go there, maybe less people would go there too. Oh, that's me. Listen, you know what? You wouldn't have a problem with somebody screaming that about a murderer. But somebody who is damning people's souls to hells, we ought to have a problem with that. And you know what? Maybe I wouldn't use all the same language myself, but you know what? I would use an interpretation that is the exact same. And I'm sorry, I don't have a huge problem with that. And then he had this one. And this one, he just completely contradicts himself right in there. He says, whether he likes it or not, I'm Sleaze Anderson's brother in Christ. All right, oh, that's, that's real nice. All right, you know, we're talking, he's my brother in Christ and he calls him Sleaze Anderson. Unless he's not saved, thus he is condemned by 1 John 2.11, which says, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. Listen, something's wrong when you hate your brother. Whether it be your physical brother or your brother in Christ. But listen, when you got a guy out there preaching stuff like he's preaching, I'm sorry if Prince, Prince can't convince me he's my physical brother. And these guys that are preaching this stuff, they're going to have a tough time convincing me they're my brother in Christ. Because they're not preaching the doctrine of God. And they're liars. Who is a liar? But he that denies that Jesus is the Christ, which is the Messiah. And I'm sorry. People might not like that, but that's the truth. I'll, I'll expose these bozos. I don't care. I, I've got a huge problem with that. But look what it says in Jude chapter 1. And verse 3, he said, man, you're talking awful mean, Brother Tommy. Listen, i got a problem with murderers, and i got a problem with people who are killing people's souls. It says in Jude 1, 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Baptists, they don't want to earnestly contend. They just want to have, they have their little slap fights. They do the little name-calling sessions. It's, it's ridiculous. For there are certain men crept in unawares which were before of old ordained this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, 
how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed not about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee, but of these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity. And when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Y'all see, that's pretty tough stuff there, isn't it? Twice dead. Listen, you know, we were all dead in our trespasses and sins, but God raised us. He saved us. But some of these people are twice dead. They're not coming back from where they're at. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We see similar things. And I think this kind of goes along uh, with the twice dead thing here. It says in verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall become. For men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despises those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Jamres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. And you know what? The Bible doesn't say how their folly is going to be made manifest, but I'd like to think that maybe God will use somebody like me to manifest the folly of these people. These people who concerning the faith, they are reprobate. They are good for nothing. They are cast away. They are done for. These people who have a form of godliness, they can put on a good show, folks. They can preach some sermons that are good. Most of these people are big promoters of the King James Bible because we're not going to listen to somebody that doesn't, you know, isn't using a King James Bible. But these people, though, they, it says that they are, uh, you know, um, despisers of those that are good. Listen, I, I talked to one of these Ruckmanites on the phone the other day. And Harry, he, is, he, he starts talking about Stephen Anderson and he's doing all these false accusations. I'm like, listen, you are lying. That is not true. That is not what he teaches. I said, why don't you call him and ask him? Oh, I wouldn't do that. He's like, I'm going to be preaching in his town pretty soon. And you know how much it repulses me? The thought of running into him while I'm there? I said, you ought to talk to me. He's like, I wouldn't even spit in his face. Wow, there's a real Christian attitude right there. Wow. You know, where, you know, where does that come from? That you are, you know, that you are so repulsed that you hate that so much. Yet this, these same guys who hate a preacher, they go around and they'll get their pictures taken with politicians and just smile. Oh, honored to have my t picture taken with this senator. 
they'll go and get their picture taken with Jews, not saved Jews, Jews who hate Christ. Oh, you know, here's this one. Here I am, privileged to get my take with one of God's chosen people, but somebody who preaches the truth, they hate them. You know why? Because guys like Stephen Anderson are exposing these doofuses. And he's pointing them out. And this guy, the last thing he wants while he's on his book tour, Bill Grady, while he's on his book tour trying to sell his book, he doesn't want to be getting exposed for who he is. Listen, I listened to him preach a message. I totally refuted his message on the phone to him. And I told him, it's like, you know, go listen to his message. He said he listened to the message. I never heard back from him. You know why? Because he's not going to admit that I'm right. Because then, after all those years he spent working on that book, I can't remember how, like 60,000 hours, uh, he had some crazy number of hours that he'd spent on it. Say it was all for nothing. All the money that I spent getting these pictures in there. He was, he was talking about the thousands of dollars I spent traveling to all these places. I got to say it was all for nothing and I can't sell this book anymore. You think a guy like that's going to do that? No, he's already gone the way of Balaam. He's not going to refuse that reward. And listen, folks, we can't be okay with this. We have got, we should have a problem. Listen, people today are so brain dead and mind numbed, everything. Nothing, nothing even makes them mad anymore. Some things should still make us mad. Some things should get us fired up. People, they'll get more fired up about somebody calling a pervert a mean name than they will about somebody getting murdered. And even Christians, Christians will fight with you more over you bashing the new Beauty and the Beast movie then they will, you know, they will, they will fight with you over that. They will defend that Beauty and the Beast movie. They won't defend people preaching the truth. They would rather fight with you over something like that. What in the world, folks? It's time to wake up. It's time somebody says something. And listen, people, they try to throw out what the Bible teaches in the Old and New Testament about the death penalty based on what 1 John 3, 14 and 15 says. Go ahead and turn over there and look what that says. It says, We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And so listen, I don't, I don't hate my brothers. I, don't, I mean, I don't have any physical brothers. My brothers in Christ, I've never had problems uh, you know, hating them. Something's wrong if you hate them. But listen, even if there ever has been a time, if that's considered murder in the eyes of God, that's an example. This is just one more of the commandments we haven't kept. This is one more reason why we need Christ. We can't even keep the Ten Commandments. We can't even keep this one. And listen, there's nowhere in the Bible where God ever gave the death penalty for what somebody thought in their heart. You know why? Because man can't see the heart. The Bible makes it very clear. Now, we will be accountable to God for what's done in our heart. But we're never going to be held accountable to man for what's done in our heart. God never asked for that. He never intended that. And so fine, if we're going to kill people for killing, you know, killing somebody, then we should kill people if they just hate somebody in their heart. No, we shouldn't because you can't prove that. And so that's ridiculous and God never commanded us to do that. But He was showing us that we, once again, spiritually, we have violated that commandment too. And we need to... That's why we need to ask for God's forgiveness. And so, folks, thou shalt not kill. We need to see human life as sacred, as important. We ought to have a problem with these things. But let's start caring about souls, people. Let's have a problem. Let's go ahead and keep on being down on murders, but let's get down on the false prophets too. 
Let's go ahead. If you find out if there's a murderer running around out there and you see him, man, call the cops. You know, do whatever you got to do to help stop him. But you know what? If we see the false prophets out there lying, let's expose them. Let's show for who they are. Let's not make friends with them. Let's expose them for who they are. Let's warn people. These people are sending people to hell. And we should not ever be okay with that. And so, with that, let's all stand together.